Continuing now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. It's well, Monday, hey. Monday, Monday. Yeah. Welcome to the new week, everyone. Ready to get going off to another start, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually, uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be going to. I'm going to be flying out to DC for uh, for a public affairs conference with IAPA. So it should be a lot of fun. And then going to cap that off at a couple of different boardwalks along you know the Delaware coast, and the New Jersey coast. And so um, I'll definitely have some pictures and some debrief mm. when we get back when I get back from that. So it should be a lot yeah. of fun. Well, it'll, it'll be exciting to have you out there just kind of reporting from whatever locations you're in, you know, a little bit of variety this week. So get prepared, yep. everybody. <laughs> yep, yep, um, yep. Yeah. So I guess this is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It is. Yeah. Breast so, Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah. yeah. You see a lot of pink and a lot of a lot of other things going around out there. So yeah. So us women, thank you all taking care of us <laughs> and such an important cause, frankly. Um, one of our good friends, Barry Roselickson, he reached out to us and shared this video of some moms doing some really, really cool stuff. And I thought it would, you know, we, I think we just both thought it would be something really neat to share. So in the name of breast cancer, these moms have created this kind of dancing troupe, I guess I'd call it, um, called Mombies, where they dress up as zombies, they coordinate and choreograph. Uh, graph uh, this whole routine done as zombies out in the public. Mm-hmm. They're getting in front of their kids and their friends, and they're doing this in the name to uh, raise money for research for metastatic breast cancer. So far to date, they've raised one hundred seventy thousand dollars, and um, they're still looking for donations. But I thought it'd be fun if we just shared a little video here. Um, I'm just going to cue it up um, of them kind of doing their little dance. Um, there, it's so super cute. So here we go. Let's take a peek. Alrighty. Ooh. I don't know why the music isn't playing, but all we can see here essentially is moms dressed up as zombies dancing in the streets. It's kind of like, do you remember Michael Jackson's thriller? It's like that. So it's thriller with the zombies and the hands moving around and they're creepy. And man, some of these women have outdone themselves. So yeah, they, it it almost looks. I mean, in some cases they're in a parade environment, and other cases it looks like they're just like walking down the street, and then sort of like a flash mob happens. So it's um yeah, it's pretty pretty cool what they do. Yeah. Anyway, there. I'll pause it there. We kind of got a little taste of it, but I mean, cool initiative, right? Something a little bit different. It actually kind of reminds me. Remember when they had the um, pop up flash mobs that they would do out of nowhere, like in the the C train or the C train stations, like Central Central Station in New York, and then everyone started dancing around yeah. and looking all cool. So, yeah, a cool way to kind of like spark. Uh, uh, more knowledge around the subject and raise some money. Now, if you want to donate, um, you can go to Mombies. Here we go. I've got it listed. Mombies, M-O-M-B-I-E-S dot org. And you can donate um, on their website there and help them uh, with their cause. Yeah, that's awesome. And just as long as we're talking about breast cancer awareness, I was mm-hmm. uh, I was watching Flowers of the Killer Moon last night. And on the screen of the theater, there was, uh, you know, beforehand, there was all the advertisements scrolling through. And I thought I came across one of the best uh, breast cancer awareness titles for an event, like, you know, f- fundraising event that I've ever seen. It's uh, the Save the Second Base Pub Crawl. So I just thought that was uh, that was a pretty creative approach to naming an event and uh, definitely one of the best ones. So let's all do what we can and save second base mm-hmm. this month. Mm-hmm. 
Love it. Love it. Very cute. Uh, all right. Well, so uh, one of the things I've been wanting to talk about for a little while and just hadn't had a chance to do a little bit more research into it was the Orlando airport. And many of us have flown to Orlando airport. In fact, many of us are going to be flying into the Orlando airport here coming in very soon. And we typically fly in terminals A and B. And they recently opened up their terminal C, which is a $2.8 billion add-on to their to the thing. And what's amazing to me, frankly, is when you look at the stats, um, there is uh, it's 15 gates. So they only added 15 gates, $2.8 billion add-on to only add 15 gates with 20 aircraft parking positions. There's 23 F&B locations, 11 retail locations, one lounge, and then they expect 12 million estimated annual passengers. Now, what's interesting about this is that they also, if you look at the, the you know, airlines that are coming through, most of them are international. So I think this is pretty much going to be their international hub where if you're flying from the UK or flying from the UAE or, you know, Iceland or, you know, anywhere else. And then like JetBlue is in there, which is kind of funny to me, but there's all these other international airlines. Um, and, um, and so I think this will probably what this will be is international and you'll transfer to some, one of the domestic terminals, A or B to get around the U S. Uh, so it definitely will be something like that, but I think what they're trying to do, maybe one, because they're trying to recoup some of the revenue, although it is free, um, some of the, the money they spent, is that every day up to 50 guests, and I've never seen this across any other any other airport, but you know, maybe somebody can correct me if, I, if this is happening somewhere else. But every day, up to 50 guests per day can access the terminals, restaurants, their shops, their retail, their luxury retail, and the luxury lounge, because they have the one lounge. They can access those for free. Um, they do have to fill out an application. They have to stick to certain rules. But this is not just coming into the – this is actually going through security. So I don't have a boarding pass, but I can go through security and I'm able to access the restaurants and everything else there. I have to show up between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And I'm given an hour time slot to show up within that range. Um, and then I can – I have to be gone by 8. So I can't say past 8 o'clock. So it's not like you're hanging out at the bar until 10 and then stumbling home. Um, you know, you are – uh, you have to be gone by eight. So uh, I just thought that was a really interesting approach. And uh, while, you know, I know, Christine, you've got some thoughts. I'm going to pull up, though, while she's talking yeah. just here, um, you know, some of the different things that are in this space. I am dying to know how that's actually going to work. Like, it feels like it's so hard to get through airport security now. Like, are you going to have to be TSA approved or something like that? Do you know what I mean? To actually go through and, you know, make sure like you've done no bad things in your life or, uh, and how are they going to get guests out of there? And then my God, what happens when, you know, some, I'm not, I'm not even going to say it actually. I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to tempt fate, but what happens yeah. if someone that system, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And, um, well, yeah, and, and I think what's what I don't understand. So, so first of all, you actually doesn't matter even if you are TSA or if you have clear, you can't use either one of those. You have to go through the main security line. So, like, okay, hey guys, let's go out on a date. I'm going to take my, you know, my partner out on a date, and like, let's go stand in fucking security for 45 minutes just so I can go to Burger King or Carvel. No. Like, I just don't no. understand why I would do this. Like, the novelty okay. maybe. But like, look at, yeah. look at the things that you're seeing here. Do you know how I could see this playing out actually effectively is if my, let's say my boyfriend's going away somewhere and uh, I can go walk in with him for an hour or two and we can have a meal before he gets on his flight and I can say goodbye to him on his flight and then leave. 
like maybe, or, or I have a kid here. This is a perfect example. My kids are 16 and they're scared to travel on their own. Now I know they do offer some passes for that, but here's a great way for us to come in and go to, you know, SeaWorld store or, you know, uh, hang out at a diner or some other real cool place, you know, and I get permission to kind of hang around and linger in there for a while. I think that could be cool. Or maybe you're sending your kid off to university and you want to be there to say goodbye on the plane. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think there could be some of that that works well. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably the most optimistic viewpoint of this. Um, at first, I thought there was like a really cool idea, and I think I sort of maybe still do um, mm. for those purposes. But like, frankly, the the F and B here is not interesting enough to drive me yeah, to get no. through. Like, it's not unique enough. Um, but what I did notice by scrolling through, so this is only what's available post security on Terminal C, as you can see here. You know, we get. Like there's Orange County Brewers, okay, all right, brewing is there and I can get some beer and like the Plaza Premium Lounge looks really nice. But again, like I could go to a nice bar and speakeasy in my neighborhood. I don't have to go there to the airport. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, what, I f what I notice is missing is any form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I think when you think about your airport, that is specifically what is missing in any airport. And I think like something like a terminal... Um, an international terminal where my layovers are probably going to be at least two hours, if not longer than that. Why are we not seeing, we're seeing an elevated food and beverage experience now in these, these airports, like everything is being leveled up. I'm surprised we still have yet not seen any additional entertainment, like a little mini golf, like nine hole mini golf or a small escape experience or even small arcades. Like, why are we not seeing that? This is interesting to me. And that is interesting, but I, if I can challenge you on that a little bit, because when you posted the list of the airlines coming in, to me, I'm thinking, okay, if those are the airlines coming in and out of here, like, what are the chances are that people are really getting laid over there? Do you know what I mean? Like, are they just coming and showing up for their flight that's going to get, they're going to get on Iceland air and fly out? Um, um, I guess if you're, let's say, okay, maybe no, you're, you're an inbound passenger like, and then you're going to do, yeah, you might get or laid over there from a Phoenix. Bit. And I'm flying from Phoenix to Orlando yeah. and connecting from Orlando yeah. to the UAE. Now that wouldn't yeah. normally be the way I would do it, but because yeah. uh, you know Phoenix has a direct flight to the UK to London. But but if I were, or if I were flying, let's say from yeah. Salt Lake to Orlando and from Orlando mm -hmm. to Iceland, then I am going to spend a couple of hours in Orlando yeah. because I don't have a direct transfer. Yeah, I, I think though for to put entertainment in there, where I see the challenge as an from an operator's point of view is it would be really hard to get a guaranteed revenue out of that. Like how many people are actually, first of all, yes, they might have a layover, but how many people are going to be open to doing anything entertainment style wise in that period of time? What's the percentage look like? And how well am I going to be able to drive them in? Like if my project was subsidized through something and it was used as a marketing tool to something else I had, I could see as a marketing box where you have a smaller sample of that entertainment mm -hmm. there, perhaps yeah. that could be a great idea. Yeah. And that's what we, that's what, that's what we see actually in, in the Phoenix airport, for example, the Phoenix Sky Harbor airport, a lot of the restaurants that are there are micro restaurant experiences of yeah. the actual local restaurants that are Phoenix area restaurants. And so I get a taste of the food, I get it to experience yeah. it. And then when I come to Phoenix, like, then I go out in town, I want to actually go to that place. I think if you opened up like, you know, a fat cats branded mini experience inside of an airport in the Phoenix airport, when I leave Phoenix, I want to actually go to fat cats with my family because I, I was exposed to that brand while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. Well, so I know one of the hardest things ever when I'm at an airport is figuring out where, where I am and how to tell yeah. people where to meet me. But I feel like there's a solution for that. 
I have a tool for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine that. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, okay. So I guess I kind of got gushy and fell in love with this product a while ago. And so I thought it would just be super fun to share. And it seems timely right now that we're all getting ready to go to the convention center. But there is this, um, there's this app out there called What Three Words. And I'm going to share my screen here and give you an example of what, what this product actually does. Um, but What Three Words has divided ultimately the world up into um, three uh, meter squared locations and given each three meter squared location, three words, right? Um, and so here you can kind of see space fun shaped is one of the little squares here on this little map on the beach. But what I wanted to do is actually go and show you how this would work. So <clears throat> we're going to hit the map here. And let's say um, I said to Brandon, hey, meet me at the Orange County Convention Center. Okay. And he's like, oh, which end? Prince. Oh boy. Yeah. This is gonna yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a little bit big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to send you my location. So like say orange county, oops, let's just pull this up. There so while you're me. pulling this up, I'm just trying to think. So like they, if they've mapped over the ocean, now if I'm one of those cartoon characters stranded on a tiny little Island with one palm tree and, and two coconuts, and I don't really know where I am, I can now like send, send a message in a bottle with my three words for for the yeah. uh, for that little stranded island. Well, the only challenge the, the only challenge you're going to have is your electronic device is probably not going to be working. Do you know what I mean? Damn it! Yeah, okay. <laughs> Damn it right. right. Okay. Right. Anyway, here though, I, I pulled up the Orange County Convention Center, and it took me to the uh, the south one. I think this is the south or the east to the west. Whatever, it's the wrong one, or it's yeah. the west convention. Yeah, that, that's, 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 the the west. Yeah, that's, that's the west. Yeah, that's the west complex. Yeah. And so I want to meet you at the doors of the South. So I put a little pin over here where I want you to meet me. But if I click on the square here, it's going to pop up the actual coordinates for it, which are, or the words for it, which are investigate, booed, and spurred. And so I can just send that to you. You can plunk that into your app and you can go to navigate and you can pull up your map of choice. Well, there's three maps there. I'm going to pull up um, Google Maps here. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always use Bing Maps. That's that's my go-to. Oh, I always use Google. I only use Google. I'm joking. So. I was being completely sarcastic. Oh, were you? I never oh. even thought about oh. using Bing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Anyway, um, I totally missed that. Wow, it's yeah, Monday, Monday mornings. Um, anyway, okay, you can see how far it's going to be for me to get there. Obviously, but I mean, let's say I was actually in Orlando right now. Um. You could give me, you know, it just shows you directions on how to get to the actual convention center, which I think is really cool. And what's also neat about this, like, it, it's just a more precise way of actually showing what entrance you might want to go into or where you're at. Like, if you were in a park, the parking lot there, you could, like, drop where your parking stall was. And I'd be like, hey, meet me in the Orange County Convention Center. Or for us of us, those of us that forget where we actually parked, instead of putting the key up to our chin and getting our cars to honk, <laughs> you've tried that trip before, I'm sure, um, I could actually, like, say, okay, here here's where my car's parked, these three words, and then it would actually track me back to my car, which it's, it's just a simpler way of doing the navigation without having the longitude and longitude coordinates, whatever that you would be punching into your phone. Yeah. I mean, so I think um, this, we, we talked a little bit about this before the show, and so I'm not going to go into all of it, but you know, I see the, I see the benefit of this being in the shareability of a pinned location, because if I'm using, so like mm -hmm. I'll pin on my Google maps, I'll pin where my car is and it's really damn accurate, right? Like it is long, you know, it's the longitude, it's the latitude. You can't get more precise than that. That is where my car is. But if I'm going to share it, that is a massive number string 
And I know Google gives you abilities to share things like that, but whatever, but like it's, it's the rememberability. Like you had that up on the screen just for a short minute. And I remember I'm supposed to go to investigate boot and spurt, and I can put that into Google maps and I'm going to find that location because we remember words way easier than we remember number okay. strings. And, and I see this as sort of like the, the domain name system, like the, the, um, that lays over the top of the longitude and latitude system, sort of like we have the domain name system that lays over the top of the internet protocol system, right? So every website has a number, but we don't remember numbers. We remember to go to lbxcollective.com and not the underlying IP address that sits below that. And so yeah. this, I think, is really interesting because it's the shareability and the communicability of a pinned location. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I think it's actually, it's, yeah, it's brilliant, smart. And I can't wait till we get to the convention center. We set up our booth and we can tell everybody what our three words are so they know where to find us. And, yes. and just, just even for use on that show floor, that show floor is so hard to navigate. Like I still get confused by the numbers and which direction I should be going, which direction I'm not. So if people are posting their three words, it'd be so much easier to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. Totally agreed. Um, all right. So last week, the National Endowment for the Arts released their released a study. It's a study that they've been taking data from 2017 through 2022, and they looked and in their survey they looked at all the different types of arts activities, and they found that within each of their arts activities, which includes going to art museums, gallery visits, jazz, classical or Latin salsa music performances, musical and non musical plays, craft fairs performing arts festivals, operas, ballet, and other dance forms and movies that in every single one of these categories between they declined in attendance from 2017 to 2022, between six and 12%. And that is a, a massive decline. Um, mm. I mean, rel like relatively speaking, because there's other forms of entertainment that have actually either stayed flat or saw an, in an increase over that same period of time. And they don't make a hypothesis, right? They're just a study that's reporting on the data. Um, but when I look at that, I, I, see, I immediately see that the areas of decline are in the passive entertainment realm. So every one of those is me going to a seat and sitting into a seat and consuming of some kind. And yes, I did that for a Scorsese masterpiece last night for three and a half hours, but that's rare, right? Like for me to go and sit somewhere still and have a couple of drinks and watch a movie for three and a half hours mm -hmm. is really rare. And I think this is, um, and it wasn't always clearly because you see the number, the decline. I think this is a shift. My hypothesis is that this is a shift in passive to active entertainment. And, and I'm just wondering if like one that benefits us. So again, I'm biased because I want to see that shift happen, but, um, I would question any sort of content or entertainment that we're creating that is passive and doesn't have some sort of interactive, immersive component to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure how I feel about that exactly. Um, I think there's just so many shifts that have happened over the past five years in the way that entertainment happens and is ingested. And coming out of COVID, there's so many new experiences. For you know what? For God's sakes, maybe it's just all these pickleball courts that are opening up, and people are just doing more pickleball. <laughs> and that's all of this other five percent increase in, in entertainment is like people are trying new things because they got so bored of just sitting in the house. They need to kind of get out and do their own things. So I'm just not sure how long it's going to last and how long we're going to see the trend for, but yes, 
Yeah. And I mean, for, 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 you know, if you want to be optimistic about our, our industry, I hope it continues to go in this direction. I mean, not that I want to see arts decline because I think it's important. Um, I think I it's like culturally important, but uh, I certainly don't mind if people want to come out and have a little bit more interactivity. But I think, and I think that these things need to put more interactivity in them. So instead of just going to that movie last night, like, wouldn't it have been cool if there could have been something immersive that you could have done to prep you for the experience you were about to have, you know, and maybe you got a little bit of under some insider knowledge on something that you knew as a clue that nobody got unless they went to that preview before, like that thing before the movie, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think this is why people like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? And why that's become a cult, right? Because I'm watching, but I'm also interacting and participating in this very cultish thing. Um, and one thing I thought was great is at the beginning of the show or the beginning of the movie, they they did have uh, the current tribe chief from, um, and he like actually spoke a little bit and he like read a little bit about why this was an important movie. And then Martin Scorsese actually came on and did the same thing before actually going into the movie. So it actually did deliver a little bit of knowledge before coming into it, but it still didn't allow me to interact with it or, you know, keep a a closer eye on anything. Do you know what I think is going to be the coolest? And I'm sure someone's going to do this at some point is you're going to download an app before the movie starts. Okay. And the movie's going to go on and in that theater. Okay. There's going to be a pause at some point in the movie and they're going to ask you a question. Okay. Who do you think killed this person? And you're going to answer Mm. as an audience. And then the audience's choice is actually going to direct the next leg of the movie that you're going to watch. So it's really like building your own adventure in your own movie. So you could go back multiple times as the watcher and your outcomes are going to be different every single time. Like choose your own adventure cinema, uh, Mm. cinema experience. That'd be very interesting, especially from consuming at home where it's probably a little bit more controlled environment, but that's, uh, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we we will see more of that because if these trends and these numbers continue, they're going to have to iterate and make changes to the way this content uh, and this entertainment is delivered. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, all right. Well, it's been a, it's been a great yeah. daily show. We had a lot to talk about, very few topics, but a lot to say around those, each of these topics, but, yeah. um, well, uh, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned Take and care. keep kicking ass. See you later. Thank you.